What's going on, everybody? This is AJ. Just wanted to say welcome back and what's up to all of our fans and subscribers and listeners. We know we haven't released an episode in a couple of months. We had to temporarily suspend things um, due to some personal tragedy on our end. Um, so we thank you guys for sticking it out with us and you know holding it down. Uh, for those of you who pray, we thank you for keeping us in your prayers. Um, so the episode that you're about to hear is one that we actually recorded a couple of months ago. It is the first part of a two-part episode um, titled Spiritual Development, uh, Church Incorporated versus the Family. So we do hope that you enjoy and just know that we're, we're, we're back rocking and rolling and we got some things on the horizon. We know that, you know, episode 100 is right around the corner. And so we do have some things planned for the summer and later on in 2021. For all of those who listen and support us, we do thank y'all and keep rocking with this because y'all know we rocking with y'all and we keep God in the mix. And without further ado, on to the show. What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and the gentle peoples, what's going on? This is Across the Intersection Podcast. This is AJ. I'm in here with the homie A Swish. And as always, you can ingest this podcast and all of our offerings on divemedia.co. That is divemedia.co. And you can check us out on all podcast services. We are there wherever podcasts are disseminated. And you can hit us up on the socials at This Is Dive Media. That is at This Is Dive Media. That's all of the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and the rest. You can check me out at averygoodidea.com. That's averygoodidea.com. Yeah, yeah. And so as we make the the, uh, inch towards uh, episode 100, folks, we're coming around the third base here and we're gonna we got something special planned for episode 100 so we're a couple episodes away so be on the lookout on the socials and we'll probably mention it on the the next episode because i believe the next episode will be the show before show um about some of the things that we're gonna have planned for episode 100 so please if you've been rocking with this for the last uh two and a half three years through this podcast and all of the various hosts and the different you know turns that we've taken um, I think that you will appreciate what we got planned for episode 100. So just be on the lookout for what we got planned for episode 100. Uh, but with that being said, um, got the brothers in here today only. And I think that it is actually uh, a good thing. No shade to the ladies, you know, Eva and Tina, they'll be back. Um, but we get to approach this from a certain perspective today, which I think is going to be extremely helpful. Um, over the last week or two, um, I've been looking at a couple different interviews and discussions and talks um, centered around one um, specific theme, so to speak, though they may have had various branches and tentacles. um, It's been one specific theme, and it's been um, the the preservation of something that um, people think is being lost. 
for those of you who may be living under a rock, we have been in a global pandemic now for about a year. And with that pandemic came the uh, non-attendance of uh, many churches. A lot of churches were closed, right? And uh, members were at home and they had to, um, you know, do virtual services and other things to try to mitigate that. Um, but what I have found just from surveying and watching and listening is I've seen a couple things. And, you know, A, chime in what, you know, if on your thoughts on this is mm-hmm. I've seen one people um, – for whatever their reasons are, whether it's, you know, backsliding into unrighteousness or moving into some different things. I've seen people come to the conclusion, rightly or wrongly, that they no longer need regular church attendance. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that I've seen is like the Empire Strikes Back type joint, you know, where you see um, Church Incorporated has now, you know, launched... Um, and I've seen some nicer than others, kind of like a counteroffensive to say, hey, if you're leaving some of these uh, orthodox type uh, positions, it has to be because you don't understand the gospel clearly or you just were not in the right church situation. So let me rearticulate these things for you. That's that's some of the some of the reaction and some of the response that that I've seen. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I, I, I see, um, well, so for one, I guess I, I have, I have, um, decided to make my church community far smaller than, um, what a local external uh, philanthropic organization uh, would uh, provide. I decided to make it much smaller by just honestly uh, stopping attending uh, a Sunday service. And I've been aiming for this. I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been aiming to just improve and increase my relationships with uh, the believers in which that actually care about me 24 hours a day, um, believers such as yourself. Um, as far as the definition of, uh, of church, church is uh, the body of uh, believers who committed themselves to Christ, uh, which is a uh, primarily the house of um, Israel to also include other nations. Um, all those who've committed themselves to Christ and accepted salvation from the God of the Bible, that's the church. But what has happened is, is that ever since, um, you know, not long after the, uh, the, the time in which that uh, uh, Jesus died, then it got some suggestions were made to really kind of institutionalize it and to turn it into something that was more of uh, outside of uh, a, a family of people or extended family of people and something that was into more of a profession and something that was like governed uh, by outside interests, essentially. And we've been dealing with that to this day. And so um, there's always been a remnant of uh, true believers that have existed and 
Um, it's not to say that if someone attends a Sunday service or attends a, 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 a church, when I say a church, I'm referring to the building or the organization, not necessarily like the body of Christ per se. I know it gets used interchangeably, but um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not in the body uh, or they're not growing as a believer. But it does come with some risks because uh, after a while, uh, if you're truly trying to uh, study the scriptures and live righteously, I mean, after a while, after a while, there are some things in which that you begin to notice that don't line up if you're reading the Bible that you're expected to do and perform. So for me, uh, I decided to cut a lot of that stuff out. And so that's kind of where I am right now. Now, because I've been here for a while, I've been here before COVID-19 hit, uh, I definitely saw the writing on the wall um, as far as so many things in our society breaking down, large structures are going the way of dinosaurs. And so um, why wouldn't the, why, why would not this philanthropic government authorized organization, a church, not suffer the same fate that a lot of other in a lot of other industries suffer that are operated very similarly. Right, right. And so, so well let me so as as you say that, for those of you who are listening, um the the reason for today and I and I love that um concept that you mentioned about going the way of the dinosaur. You know, one of my one of my fathers in in the Lord used to use a, a statement about let's not be a, a cassette people in a CD generation or let's not be a VHS people in a DVD generation. Now that's kind of an outdated quote now in 2021. Yeah. In in the areas of of streaming, it was a 20 year old statement, but yeah. at that time, what he was saying was stop operating like a dinosaur, right? And so in eight track right. in a, a Spotify generation. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> don't 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 walk around with with, with a forty five record in, in in the era of uh, Spotify and uh, YouTube. But Barna Barna Research Study, and mm-hmm. they did this in partnership with Cardus C A R D U S. It's a um, it's a faith based uh, think tank. They partnered up to to do this research study. Now this study is a couple years old, um, but I think that it it rings true in twenty twenty one. A lot of times when, you know, when things are going well and studies like this come out, people tend to dismiss them, right? Because they're like, man, look, things are going well. What what are you tripping for, right? Yeah, eat, drink, and be merry. Right. What, what, what's, what's the problem? It's, it's almost like when the disciples were walking, right? Remember, they're walking with the Messiah, God in flesh, and they show him the temple. Like, yo, look at how magnificent the temple is. And he's like, what? This temple? This joint will be ripped down in three days. You're literally walking with the temple. Anyway, that's that's the kind of disposition of human beings when things are going well. And that leads to another conversation about why God allows suffering sometimes. But that's neither here nor there. Um, the, the Odyssey. Yeah. But Barna and Cardus did this research study in regards to who is responsible for children's faith formation. I love that statement, by the way. Their, their spiritual or their faith formation. Uh-huh. And they, they interviewed 650 church leaders, and uh, those leaders were actually both Protestant and Catholic, surprisingly, um, uh-huh. just about the various factors that lead into influencing 
spiritual formation and development. And mm-hmm. I thought that that was pertinent in the era of COVID-19 when you have essentially an entire generation of Gen Zers, you know, folks who are a little bit behind us in, in age, you know, folks in their 20s and, you know, maybe late teens, 20s, um, who are finding church attendance not even necessary. Like, mm. I, and, and this is, you know, sometimes it may be a sin thing, which I know that that's going to be an issue. That everybody who's leaving is not leaving to find faith. Some folks are leaving because they're unrighteous. So we're not we're not going to discredit that aspect of it as well. But who are just finding church attendance, um, not, you know, nothing that needs to be essential to their growth and their development. Um, I saw a couple like I, I mentioned, I saw a couple of interviews and a talk this week where people were asking why are and they were you know pretty much talking to younger people why you stopped attending church and they began to give their their reasons um but in in the era of COVID-19 one of the things that I thought about because you know for those of you who listen to this show you know similar to a I've I haven't been a regular church attender in nearly a decade and you know and that's just coming from someone who was a church leader I was an elder in a church but my my uh transition wasn't because a church hurt and somebody hurt me it was a you know a I made a willful decision you know with some of the other leaders in the church that I was a um a leader in and we realized that this is not the way in which God is choosing to build the way in which he's choosing to build is through fathers being trained to lead their wives and their spouses i mean their their wives and their children excuse me their wives are their spouses the wives and their children. So this study, and I'm just going to throw out a, a, a couple of different stats, A, and then we could just bounce them back and forth. Okay. The the first one that really jumps out to me is, and this is from, again, these, these 650 church leaders, um, what they prioritize. These are, these are the things, I'm, I'm going to run through the list of about 10 things that, these leaders pri- that are there are their priorities in terms of spiritual development and formation, primarily for children. So I, I want you guys to listen to this. They believe Sunday school and youth classes is the number one priority for children's um, spiritual formation and development. Secondly, is catechism and um, sacrament preparatory classes. Obviously, that's from the Catholic side. Mm-hmm. Um, what is catechism? Yeah. Um, the what is, Christian... What is Say what? What is catechism? What oh. is that? What is it? What oh, is catechism? Look at you. All right, let's go ahead and give uh, our, our friends at uh, Google, because I want to give it official. Thank you, sir, because I don't want to assume that people know what I'm talking about. So it is words the, like it, catechism. Right. It's a summary and a full definition of all of Christian doctrine. It's sort of it's supposed to be the introduction to traditional sacraments, um, religious teachings, um, religious doc or not just religious, Christian doctrine, Christian teaching. Um, for children or for adults. Adults can also be catechized. All right. right so catechism is indoctrination, basically. Yeah, but not just the indoctrination. It's also the sacraments, things like baptism, okay. you know, communion. So I, I count that as part of indoctrination. Okay, okay, my bad. Mm. I was thinking doctrine just like the teaching, yeah, but yeah. It, 
indoctrination would also include rituals. Okay. Yeah, rituals. Thank you. I, that's the word I was that was escaping me. So the doctrine and the rituals of basic Christian understanding that would be what is considered catechism for those who are listening. Right. Um, number three was Christian schools or schools affiliated with the church. Number four um, was encouraging children to participate in church worship services. Um, Christian camps or vacation Bible schools is number five. Uh, number six is children's church or youth groups. Um, training children in spiritual disciplines. I'm not sure what that means. It's kind of an ambiguous statement. More than now, likely, uh, never mind. I don't put words in the mouth. But I mean, that, that's just more than likely stuff like uh, prayer and volunteering. Nice. Okay. Now here... Now we get to number eight. We go down seven items before we get to number eight. Number eight is training parents for spiritual conversations or training at the home. Uh-huh. That's number eight on a list of 10. So these leaders, it's not until you get to number eight that they say, oh yeah, training parents <laughs> to do some stuff at home is probably something important. But anyway. Uh, number nine, enabling children to observe and participate in those sacraments that we talked about earlier with the catechism, et cetera. And then lastly. Um, uh, you know how uh, children become acolytes? No, nah, tell us, brother. Uh, an acolyte is uh, uh, almost like a, basically acolytes are kind of like ushers in, um, in certain uh, certain kinds of um church denominations like Anglican or Presbyterian or Episcopalian, uh, the acolyte and the acolyte, uh, a lot of times it'll be like children or teenagers or whatever. So my cousin was an acolyte and they would, uh, uh, like hold the, hold the, um, the incense that burns like the candle mm-hmm. while you walk up, like while you walk down the, um, the church aisle and the big crosses and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like just the the incense, the, the 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 incense that's burning in. I mean, none of this stuff is biblical, but there's like incense that's burning in this kind of um, uh, 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 brass um, container. I know you're talking about the little thing, and it's on like a staff or a pole. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it kind of it kind of um, waves. It kind of just like moves from side to side because it's like shaking a little bit while you're walking. That I can't remember what it's called, but those are acolytes that do that. And so that would be number nine, allowing children to participate in those or observe and participate in those um, sacraments. And then number 10, providing parents guides, providing parenting guides and other resources to parents. So I find it a a little sad that um, training for parents primarily fathers and providing additional resources to those said parents is so far down the list. And I think what we're seeing now with some of this um, grasping for straws and sort of an empire strikes back mentality um, is a direct result of years and years and years of clearly people not valuing the training of fathers to be right. able to, you know, pivot in times like this. Go ahead, A. 
Yeah, yeah. Also, one last thing that came to mind, Youth Sunday, <laughs> you know, like every fifth Sunday or something like that. Uh-huh. It's like um, church, church, mini church, you know what I'm saying? Like the movie Little Giants. yeah that was number six on the list they had uh worship children uh worship services for children children's church youth well well, what what children's church one thing but a youth sunday is like when there is it's maybe we're saying the same thing but it's the children that are singing in the choir but the 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 congregation is still like the the base the regular congregation and uh (laughs) like the greeters or the ushers or whatever i mean i already said acolytes but yeah, I mean, maybe everybody, but like the preacher, everybody's like, you know, a child or something. But anyway, uh, I, I I think that it's uh, it's it's horrible, horrible, man. You know, I I really think that it's horrible um, how complicated people have made uh, the message mm-hmm. of. Um, of um of how to continually conform to the heavenly father by starting in the home and um and and the 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 order that the divine order of um the heavenly father then his son then the man then the woman and then the offspring how it's right there. That's the recipe. That's the recipe. Um, and it's not in a domineering or vexing way, even though that's unfortunately the message that gets put out. Uh, but that's the, that's the divine order. If we follow that, we wouldn't need a lot of this stuff, you know, but not only will we not need these large institutions and, and one through six that they have on that list or one through seven per se, but we wouldn't even need a lot of the things in which that exists in our society period. That's completely dependent on us not working together and not banding together and not, and, and, and the family unit being, being broken. Our society, our government benefits off that, unfortunately. And, um, and so, yeah, it's made its way into uh, church governance for thousands and thousands of years. You know, one of the things that, that I heard discussed in one of these interviews, and I'm I'm not going to th- throw no names out because I'm we're we're not here to to bring shade. We're really here sometimes to just offer a different perspective. I know sometimes people think that you know that the I understand that the church is an easy target. Listen, Church Incorporated, it's it's an easy target. It's 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 like trying to catch a worm. You know, when when it's raining, you try to catch a worm. It's like you just go down and pick it up. You know, it's a it's an easy target, but we're 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 not here to destroy the the people of God who happen to inhabit these churches. We're here to just offer a different perspective so that you can see a more yeah. clear lens. And yeah. Paul Paul mentioned something very important to to Timothy. Um, and the reason I want to mention this is because a lot of people love to classify what we're saying as, oh, y'all just talking about the universal church, but there's a local church also that the Bible talks about, and we got to build the local church. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, we're, I'm not here to, to try to, to put one against the other. I'm trying to build the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, as as A stated, well, it starts with a faithful man 
raising up a, a family. Now, you might be single. You may say, well, well what about me? And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that because we understand everybody's not married. I understand everybody's not in the optimal scenario. We understand that, and we're going to get to that. But we're, I'm bringing it back here to the situation that we find ourselves in COVID-19. People who have essentially been adrift for a year. You know, we, we have to remember that this is for the benefit of people. You know, for anyone who rules, you rule for the benefit of those who are subject to your rule. And you've had millions and millions and millions of people who have essentially been adrift for over 12 months. And we can't now just say, hey, go back to what you were doing. You know, we put pause on it. Go back to what you were doing a year ago. That's not going to happen. These people are going to go and find other things. So Paul, Paul tells Timothy, I just want to read this scripture in 2 Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 2. Paul says, the things that you have heard from me and among many witnesses, these same things commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. That is the way in which I believe the local quote unquote church should be built. Not going out and filing your papers for 501c3 and all of the things that come along with that, getting your board. You, we, For those of you who don't know, there are a lot of different things logistically you have to do to start a 501c3, right? Get your name copyrighted. Get a, You have to have a, a board. You have to file paperwork with the IRS, EIN, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not here to explain that to you because I really don't care about that aspect of it. But what I do want to articulate here is that Paul, and you can read, you know, Titus and Timothy and some of the different things that Paul shares with these brothers about the things to do for local church fellowship, church governance, etc. But this particular statement I thought was very powerful because he says, you've been, you've walked with me. You've seen me among many witnesses. And now what I'm asking you to do is to do what you've seen me do and commit it to faithful men. And then those men will be able to faithfully teach others also. That is the solution, right? That is the remedy for the the times that we find ourselves in. When we had to put a pause, right, when when we had to put a pause, and, and you know, I, I will say we because, again, I understand that I'm a part of the body of believers. Whether people attend church or not, if you are in and connected to the vine, then you are connected with me. But when we put a pause on, quote unquote, Church Incorporated, right? We put a pause on it. Where were the faithful men, as Second Timothy says, where were these faithful men who would have been able to say, don't worry, we got it. We will be able to teach others. They were non-existent. And so people had to either watch old videos, right? Listen to old mp3s or whatever of previous church services or try to stream some nonsense from from strangers online and this that that, that's what i mean when i say people have been adrift for the past 12 months and now we're seeing some of the ripple effects of that because these individuals are not coming back for whatever the reasons these individuals now have been drifting so long that drifting is now their new normal Mm mm-hmm uh yeah so i wanted to uh what you were saying about uh how we're not necessarily attacking the people per se inside of these institutions um 
but these institutions, I wanted to uh, hit this Philippians uh, 1, where uh, it says, um, verse 15 through 18, and it says, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation uh, through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Um, uh, anyway, I read that part, particularly the portion where he's saying, um, within notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preaching, I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice, and will rejoice. And so I think the lesson behind that, and look, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that I'm all that great at it. I'm not, I'm just saying the lesson behind that is that uh, to recognize that there is benefit of uh, the message being given, no matter who's giving it. Uh, and that's not an easy thing to accept, but it's true. And you can even see that outside of the Bible when it comes to like information. A lot of times we want to attack the messenger if we don't like the information, but really if the information is valuable, it really doesn't matter who says it or where it's coming from. It's valuable. Of course, we know that the messenger can get in the way, but the point is, is that the messenger and the messenger are not the same. Uh, and so I think that like in the same manner with what we're talking about, we're not necessarily trying to attack people who are, um, who mean well and who are in these environments or even running and facilitating these environments, so on and so forth. Uh, we recognize that there is some benefit, there is some value there, but what we're trying to say is that there's, there's benefit and there's value outside of that. And then um, there are things in which that could be improved. And that is no matter what, how well-meaning people are, it's not biblical. And we, there's nothing in which that we can do to change that as far as like many of those rituals and expressions. So, um, so uh, yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to say that. Uh, but you had asked, what was the other thing you asked? Um, I didn't ask, I didn't I think I asked anything else or if I did, I can't remember now at this point. Oh, okay. Okay. So um, let's, but yeah, let's, but, oh, yeah. I remember, I remember, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But you talked about uh, people like they're just not coming back. You talked about that. And, um, and so, and so I would agree with that, but it was happening for a very long time. It was happening for a very long time because more information is coming out. We're in the information age where, um, like, it, 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 people are going to still, look, people are still going to attend churches. They're going to go. We know how people are. They're going to get up and they're going to go. But it's, it, 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 I think that as far as singles, you talk about singles, uh, or people who are unmarried, Look, um, nothing's going, nothing is going to be the same. Everything is changing. So much stuff is changing. I mean, we have unemployment is going to get higher. We have this technological uh, industrial revolution that's going on. Uh, 
you can't duck your head and think that, oh, you know, we're just going to sit and we're going to quote unquote walk the church and hold hands and all this stuff and sit and listen to a message that is so irrelevant or just deals with our emotions, but it's not fixing our life outlook, like our lives. People are, people are going to grow. They've, they've grown tired of that. And um, I don't, with, with the, with the COVID thing, you have to also think that these, 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 many of these churches, many of these churches are now sure enough going to put stipulations that you have to get vaccinated in order to attend. That's going to be the nest. That's going to be the death knell of many wow. of these institutions. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that piece, but you're right. Yeah. Cause there are already, I, I attended a, a, a church service. I had got, I got invited by a friend probably maybe three or four months ago. It was like a special service. Like, man, please come out. We just, I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come out and, you know, cause this, this is someone that, that I hold very dear. So I was like, you know what? I'll come. I didn't bring my family. I just went to support this brother. And mm-hmm. they made us sign. Uh, we had to sign waivers to to come in. I mean, this is like three months ago, three, four months ago. This is crazy. I was like, what? Like, yeah, you you can't come in unless you sign a waiver. You had to sign a waiver, you know, absolving that particular institution of anything that happens to you if you get sick or this or that. And I just thought, wow, this is where we are. <laughs> I was like, this is where we are in terms of having to. So your your point about whether you, you force people to get vaccinated or make them sign waivers or this, that, and the third, you're right. That's, that is where we are, are coming yeah. to. And I think that a big reason for that, and going back to the, the Barna study, is because we as a body were so ill-equipped for something like this. Mm-hmm. And things of, you know, not just this, but other things we, we were so ill equipped for what happens when you take out a figurehead, like yeah. what, like what, what happens. And so that's why I really appreciate this study. And, you know, as we come around third base here, I want to look at one of the other um, data points that they look at. And they question these 650 leaders about the what they believe are the positive and negative influences on a child's spiritual formation. Again, I, I love that term, spiritual formation. So listen to the top six things that they believe. Again, this is what they said, and I'm, right. you know, and we're going to show um, a quick um, compare and contrasting, but this is what these leaders said are the number one positive influences, and then we're going to look at the number one negative influences. So they cool. said the number one positive influence on a person's spiritual development or formation is parents or the family. Mm-hmm. Number two was the church. Number three was their Christian community. And then the top three negative things um, that influenced the child was number one was the culture at large or society. Uh, number two was school. And then number three were peers and friends. And Barna makes it a point to mention this, which, again, I appreciate them because they did it in a very neutral kind of a way. They pretty much stated these leaders said that they believe parents are the number one positive influence. Mm -hmm. Yet on the previous data point that we mentioned, parent development, right, and we're focusing primarily on father, is number eight on the list. Right. right. You get down to how they prioritize it. 
They right. prioritize it way down at the bottom, but yet when you talk to them, they will tell you verbally, oh, oh, parents are the number one influence. And it's like, yeah. well, you you can't say that you believe parents are, are, you know, are the number one influence on the development of a person and then not put that into practice. And then, you know, put all your emphasis on, like we looked at in the earlier one, um, Sunday school or catechism or youth Bible camps or worship oh, services and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Uh, I, I, it, it shows through the accounting that, Parenting is the eighth most important thing to their agenda. Um, maybe they do think that it's the most important thing in thought, but uh, clearly it's not. It, 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 they have seven other things that they feel as though is important for them. Uh, and maybe they do those seven things regardless of if their parents or not. Maybe they do those things to insert themselves so that they can continue to have a, um, they can have a, uh, they can, they can have a, they can have a financial existence. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, in the process. So they make these programs, they have these events, they have these, uh, Sunday services, um, and they do them not necessarily for the, uh, improvement of the individual households, they do them so that they can have a role. And so, uh, so that they, they, as in the leaders can have a, a role in a position in society, mm. you know, and maybe that, that role, that position, it comes at the, it comes at the, uh, the, 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 I don't want to say sacrifice, even though that's the word, but I mean, it's opposing. Right. At some, at some point it's opposing. I think people miss it. It's like this. It's like, um, it's, it's like, it's like uh, a big company, right? You have these big companies, like let's say the NBA, even though you can do movies, you can do the music business. It doesn't matter, but let's take the national basketball association, the NBA, makes television content, right? Mm -hmm. the, MV, the NBA makes television content and has a fan base. It's solely around the, the playing basketball. But what pops up is that, like traditionally, you have sports broadcasters, you have a whole cottage industry that gets built up around the NBA. Then you have society starting to as things get more, as technology allows us to be able to communicate without middlemen, we don't need the sportscasters. We don't need the cottage industry anymore. We could talk amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. So the NBA is cool with you and me talking about our stuff. It's even cool if we start talking about it online. But if you start to do a job that's just as good or better than the than than the traditional sportscasters, then what the NBA does and the sportscasters themselves, like ESPN, so on and so forth, they send, they start doing, they start uh, sending cease and desist letters. They start um, basically, they become, they try to deplatform you. They become an opposition to you because they they feel as though that if you keep doing this, then you're going to be a threat 
to to their livelihood, to their role in society, the cottage industry around the NBA, and maybe even the NBA at some point themselves. Because what if these basketball players start saying, hey, we don't need to play in the NBA. We can have our own league. Like, the NBA, these cottage industries like ESPN, Fox Sports, so on and so forth, Sports Illustrated, they aim to shut down the individuals from prospering if they get, if they cause too many waves, cause too many ripples, they 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 call too much attention to the very real, tr- the, the, the truth that we do not need these antiquated middlemen. We don't need, we don't need these and then bring it back to the role of the institution or the role of the church. Excuse me. We don't need the priests. We don't need these priests. We don't need these buildings. We don't need them. We don't need an usher board. We do not need them. <laughs> no, are, no shade to the ushers on us. What'd you say? I was saying no, no shade to the ushers. <laughs> no, we, and we, we, yeah, like we, we, we don't. And what I'm saying is, is that I know I'm speak. I, look, I'm just speaking biblically. That's what I'm saying. Now we have look one body, many members, and not everybody has the same gifting, measure of grace. I completely understand that some people have a gift of teaching and exhortation. Some people have a gift of service. I get it. I completely understand that. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, it sounds like I'm castigating that and um, I get it, but that's not what I'm doing. And I think you understand what it is that I'm saying, even if you're involved with it. But if you're involved, once you start tying this stuff to salaries and to, uh, to livelihoods, you have to understand that even though that there is there is sanctioning for that in the Bible, you have to be very careful because there's also a lot of provisions that come with that. One being that it can get in the way of the message. It can corrupt you and it can also be a stumbling block for the people that's trying to hear from you because you're sitting there uh, um, uh, with the with the uh, potential of compromising the message because you're trying to get paid. Right, right, right. So that That's... That's that's why that these you, that these um these, these these that's why I think that's why this the 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 priority is not on the development of parents uh, within the within those six hundred or whatever uh, clergymen pastors who preachers whoever they were that I think that when you when you when you just pull the rug when you lift the skirt and you just cut right through it that's exactly what it is that they they feel like it's a threat. They would they don't want you, they don't want the man to be the like they don't want they I mean some men, yes, but they don't want all men to be the to 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 truly be the um spiritual coverings in their households. Uh and they certainly don't want congregation, they don't they don't want ex- families coming together without, you know, without the presiding pastor. Bishop, deacon board, presbytery, so on and so forth, you know, and that's not out the Bible. Again, that's something that actually comes later. Right. It, 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 it's, you know, laced with some, some tradition in there and, and and, and we understand that. And so I want to just read one last scripture as we come around third base here, because like I said earlier, we were going to come back to this and there may be folks listening and say, okay, bro, I understand fathers should be you know, leading their wives and, and their children. I get it. But what about me? I'm not married. Right. Right. You y'all talking all this good talk about how, you know, the the uh, family unit should be preeminent. Yeah. And, and um, but I'm not married, et cetera, et cetera. Well, 
I'm going to read to you just one passage in and, uh, and this is not something that can be answered in, in, in two seconds, but I would like for you to just sort of alley-oop this up for you. And, you know, if you got questions or thoughts on it, hit us up. Um, Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 4, he says that um, in Christ you can have over 10,000 instructors or some translations say tutors or mentors, but you don't have many fathers. For in Christ I have become your father through the gospel. And you have men, myself being one, who are willing to take the responsibility of training those because that is what discipleship is. It's a word that's gotten lost in modern-day Christendom. A lot of people say, oh, you a Christian? Right? Where do you go to church? This, that, and the third. But a question I love to posit to folks is, who who discipled you or who was discipling you? Right now, you're not going to be in perpetual discipleship until you go to the grave. But there is a season of the life of a child of God where you need to be discipled. And discipleship is not sitting under a megaphone for 45 minutes on a Sunday. And so I would posit to folks listening who say, "Okay, I'm not in a family unit structure. AJ, what are you saying to me who is a single person, not in that environment, I would say to you, ask God to begin to show you because there may already be someone in your sphere who you haven't been looking at in this light because they don't have the official church title. They're not a professional minister, but they exude the characteristics of one who is mature or one who is maturing. And I would say reach out to that person. Start doing that, right? Begin to ask the questions. If you know others who you're seeing grounded in some things. You say, hey, what are you doing? How are you staying grounded in, in a time like this? I haven't been able to attend my church in over a year. You know, but you have to have the desire. It all, and anything that we do in life, not just, you know, spiritual stuff, anything we do has to first start with a desire, right? You went out and bought a car because you had a desire for an automobile. You went out and bought clothes or you went out and got an education. You went out and did anything, changed employment, whatever it is you did, started a business. It started with a inner desire first. And so I think if we have the desire to want to move into this structure that we've been talking about today, you have to act on that desire. But the first is, do I have a desire for that? And you have to have a desire. You can't say, well, I'm just going to stay in this old wineskin and force this new wine in. Well, you, as the scripture says, you will lose the wine and the skin. Yeah. You have to have the desire to say, I need to appropriate what God is doing in a new wineskin. All right. That's an old King James word, but they used to drink wine and skins, and I'm not going to get into it now. All right. Drinking wine out of a cracked wine bottle, for those of you who don't understand the the, the reference to antiquity. All right. So... Have that desire, but there is an alternative to, all right, I'm not in church and corporate anymore. Now what should I do? There is an alternative. We aren't saying to exit church and corporate because we believe you should just throw the baby out with the bathwater. What we are saying is there is another way to organize yourself, to orient yourself, to express your faith apart from Church Incorporated. And in order to not find yourself like many of the people in a lot of the things that I've been hearing and seeing lately who have been adrift because they haven't been attending a church service, you have to find uh, new ways to orient yourself so that as A said earlier, you are not one who is 
um, you know, going the way of the dinosaur. So we're going to continue this conversation on folks. Again, we'll, we'll link the, the Barna, um, research study, um, in the show notes. Uh, I thought it was a beefy, beefy, uh, um, article and a lot of the research that they got me, you know, you know, Barna puts in good work. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll let the ladies chime in when we pick this back up, but we're going to continue this discussion. Cause listen, whether you go to church or not, whether you agree with us or not, the bottom line is we're here, right? COVID is here. People ain't going to church. People have been adrift and God has solutions. And so you can argue with the semantics all you want, but the bottom line is we are where we are. And these things are not outside of God's purview, but we have to be willing, right, to change as the season has changed clearly for millions of people, not just in the United States, but globally. So anyway, y'all know whether we're talking about research studies or church attendance or 650 church leaders, (laughs) you know we're going to keep God in the mix. So for the homie A Sizzle, this is AJ saying peace. Later. Squad.